hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast with your host, Hunter Brooks. Special guest today, Jason Haig, correct? Got it, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, You know, when this was uh, brought to me to, to have you guys on, I was pretty excited about it because I love the organization that you all have, and that's what we're here to talk about. Yes, sir. Let's talk about what Leashes of Valor is. Uh, Leashes of Valor, in a nutshell, we're a 501c3. We're actually about to hit our fifth fifth year anniversary this April. Um, We provide service dogs to wounded vets free of charge. Our service dogs are custom trained to them, um, to their disabilities and the problems that they have. We hold those dogs um, from basically about 10 weeks until almost two years old. Um, They're socialized and from you know from everything from a to z from uh your kids hockey games and lacrosse games and soccer games all the way to major concerts and things like that Uh, the biggest thing that i like to tell people with our dogs is they have to be able to do the job anywhere um and uh, you know just like anybody going into a new different place and different environment is incredibly nervous so we try to put them in every place possible before they get handed off to their vets right Uh, now you um you're a vet yourself yes sir um so i guess give us a little background on on you yeah sure Uh, my background is um i am a retired marine corps captain uh unfortunately i zigged when i was supposed to zag a couple times (laughs) um three times to be exact and the marine corps said i couldn't play anymore so i was medically retired back in uh 2013 okay um and have been kind of on this journey since then Uh, and that's kind of how leashes of valor got started and how we got into this is i had a real difficult time when uh, in my recovery process trying to to get out of the marine corps and all the injuries that i had and those types of things and uh, mentally i was really jacked up um basically spent about a year and a half in my own basement you know uh not able to go to 7-eleven get a pack of gum right um and tried everything under the sun for recovery uh, that the va offered uh, to include dunking your head in a bucket of water. That does not work, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, talk therapy, group therapy, you name it. I tried it. And uh, fortunately for me, I had somebody that suggested service dogs. Um, and I kind of ran with that uh, and got my own service dog, Axel, who is now retired. Um, and it saved my life. And it's the reason I'm sitting here today. And it's the reason why Leashes of Valor is where it is today. Um, because I saw what the power of dogs and what they can do for you. Um, Humans are fantastic, but they get tired of listening to your shit. Yeah. So uh, a dog will sit there and listen to it all day, every day, and continue to wag its tail. Yeah. Um, And when you can able to put tasks on that to mitigate your disabilities, it's an amazing thing. So um, that's kind of my story. I'm sticking to it, and I'll keep doing it, and I can't do it anymore. Right. Well, you know, how long long have service dogs been in use for – I mean, because this – is this like I guess a form of therapy, whatever you want to call it? I yep. mean, it's it's more therapeutic than like you said. I mean, other yeah. other ways, you know. Um, Absolutely. So the service dogs have been in existence for a long time. Um, I think the long and I, please don't quote me on any of this. Sure, it's been yeah. in the head too many times, right. but. Uh, I believe our seeing eye and guide dogs, the organization that I know the most, has been around for almost 75 years, if not longer. Um, So some type of form of service dog has been around for quite a while. Um, For using it 
at this magnitude that we have gotten to because we were at a war for 20 years, no, it's never been used to that level. Right. Um, and because a lot, of, there are different, many different types of service dogs, like uh, an emotional support animal. That's not a service dog, but it definitely helps people in their problems and, and things like that. Sure. Uh, service dogs for us, when what we do um, is also another level, but going to the level of seeing eye and hearing and things like that that's basically we're driving you know the ford explorer the suburban that is the ferrari and the lamborghini and that type of thing so we're right there in the middle to ensure very good quality but not to the point where uh, your eyes are closed and that dog's leading you around the street if that right. makes sense okay um, and 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 you the organization um it, is it it's it's a national organization yes sir so we okay. are we are national uh, in the regards that we do um, we provide service dogs to anybody around the country um, we only have our one headquarters which is just up the street from you guys about 45 minutes in Bowling Green um, my hometown <laughs> is it really <laughs> yeah All I right. grew up there okay uh, we're right off of Sparta Road if you know where that's oh like. yeah absolutely <laughs> right behind the Sparta broke the, broke the speed limit many times down that road <laughs> everybody still does <laughs> just so you know um but we've we have warriors uh, all the way out to Montana, California, down south in Florida. Um, so they're all over. Um, but uh, logistically, it's easier to bring them to us than for us to go to them. Okay. Um, and you know, we talk about. I mean, the, having service dogs is is a wonderful thing, and it, and it's it's bad that we have to to use them for this purpose, obviously. Yep. But. You know the uh, you said that the number has grown tremendously in the last twenty years. Obviously, with the 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 all the the activity going on worldwide, yep. and with our with our um, our own soldiers, what people experience after after you know when they get back, whether it's in combat experience or, or what, whatever the experience was, everyone kind of it, it hits everybody differently. Of yep, course, absolutely. Uh, have you seen where this this sort of therapy using these dogs, in your opinion, is this possibly one of the best ways to do it, or is this uh, is this something that? It, I mean, obviously, it all depends on the diagnosis. Yeah, um, what I would tell you is, it's not for everybody. Sure, and that's the one of the things that we try to ensure that everybody understands. Like in theory, it sounds like a great thing. Like everybody's got a dog. Everybody's sure. you know everybody's petting Fido, and it's great. But it's a 100% life-changing experience sure. in the fact that, especially if you don't have, in, if you have invisible wounds. Like for me, you can't tell that I've ever been shot, blown up. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so the moment I put a dog in my hand, it makes all of that visible. So if you are not far enough along in your recovery to be able to answer all of those questions whenever you go out, it's not the thing for you. Yeah. Um, if it's you, like adopting a child almost. Ex- I mean, it is you have all, to be capable exactly. to take care of that child, just like you need to be capable of taking care of this dog. Correct. Because it's a responsibility. Yep. Um, you, um, what's, what's I guess, my first question, what's, what's one of the largest obstacles that, that you and the organization have, have found so far? Uh, I'm, sure this, I'm sure this is not easy. No, (laughs) it's not easy. Um, It's ensuring. So for us and the way that I try to equate it to our staff and everybody that we deal with is that 
giving an untrained dog to a veteran that already has problems is like handing them a loaded gun. Sure. So we need to ensure that our product that we are giving out is of the highest quality and ensuring it starts from the bottom all the way to the top. Um, and that goes from our foster program to our, um, our trainers all the way to me to ensure that we're standardized all the way from, from word go and then what we're trying to attain. Um, I would say our biggest hurdle and kind of one of the things I'd love to ask your listeners is trying to get quality fosters. Um, that is the crux of our program. I can, I cannot provide the, the level of environments just alone. And that's why we need those fosters because it is a hundred different environments that those dogs get to go to every time. Sure. If that program got wiped out, we would not be successful. So I would say that that's our biggest hurdle. Okay. Um, is ensuring that we have a, a a quality foster program and enough people to ensure that I can get a, enough dogs. Um, because right now we're really limited on how many dogs we can have by how many fosters we have. Right. Um, and I think we're sitting at. We have 25 dogs, I believe, in our pipeline right now. Uh, we have like 20 or so fosters. So being able to get that up to 50 is always great. Yeah. And you say fosters. So where, I guess, where where do the dogs come from? That was yep. that was one of the questions. I mean, you can raise these from puppies all the way up, or mm-hmm. you can, or what's the age cutoff? I guess is it, and it does it depend on the breed of the dog. Um, you know, all kinds of different things. So sure. for, so for us, um, and the leashes of Valor, kind of our motto is one leash saves two lives. And then, uh, we do not spend the money on procuring a dog. So I'm not going to go buy it from a breeder or anything like that. Um, uh, we do try to go to his shelters as much as possible. We take donations from people. Um, we take donations from breeders. We have a great relationship with hero Labradors out of Texas. Uh, they provide us with yellow labs that are specifically bred for this purpose. Um, but they're free, uh, and free is for me. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Um, taking ones out of the shelter, um, as much as we love to do it and we try to, it's become, which is a good thing, because of COVID, the shelters got emptied, which was great. Yeah. Um, but now the ones that are coming back into the shelters are nothing but hounds and pit bulls. And unfortunately, pit bulls I, I can't take just because of what's going on in the VA and the stigma that's there. Right. Um, and I don't want to put a a rescue with a foster that doesn't have any experience with dealing with dogs that have come out of a shelter because right. they they come with their own types of problems. Sure. Um, so uh, cutoff for us when we rescue a dog about nine months old, uh, we like anywhere between nine months and two years. Anything over two years old is a little bit too old and trying to teach them the things that we need to They're kind of set in their ways at that point a little yeah. bit kind yeah. of honor yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a jerk um and then and then that's that's two years of a time frame where we need to try to figure out what may have happened to right them. because i don't know maybe they got beat on right by the beach or something and i didn't know that and then the veteran takes them to a, or my foster takes them to a beach and it bites them right so it's the younger they are coming out of the shelter, the better because of the least amount of and crazy environments they could have been put in, into. Okay. Um, and, and the requirements, I guess, is there, is there certain things you look for in some dogs over others that you can oh, kind of yeah. spot it 
right away. Absolutely. I mean, just their passiveness or... or yeah, so for us, uh, the real big thing for us is that they have a drive and a willingness to work. Like yeah. They want to work, they want to do it, but they also have the ability to stop working. Sure. Just sit down, calm down. Hang out. Yeah. So labs, golden, retri- golden retrievers, to be honest, are a little bit on the high strong end mm-hmm. for us. Um, but labs had a very good food drive. Um, I, we would rather them not have a ball drive just because if they're in an environment where there's a bunch of balls, I don't want them getting worked <laughs> right. up about it. Um, so, you know, that's one of the, the real good things there. Um, so how, and you talked about the, you know, one, past two years, it's, it's difficult. Yep. And, and I guess, how do you put it out there for what the organization's needs are. I mean, you, you just, just like I this. Mean, just like this. <laughs> just okay. like this. Yeah. Um, it, myself, um, the canines director, Matthew, that you just met, um, and then my president, Danique, none of us take a salary. Um, this is what we do. We go around, we talk about our organization, we present to people, we tell them, you know, how great this is for our veteran, veterans. Um, we, we do social media as much as possible. We do have a great presence on Facebook and Instagram and those types of things. But it's, it's people getting the word out. Uh, you know, most people, you know, take a good recommendation from a friend. So it's word of mouth. Um, as much as, you know, we put great puppy pictures out uh, on social media, it's that recommendation from you or the guy next door that, hey, Leashes of Valor is doing great things and this is doing good stuff for our, our vets. You know, and I, the, the hard part of, of all of this that I've found, because I've been, I've, I've gone to your website several times. I've, and I've read some of the stories. That's that's the hard part. And sometimes people they don't want to know what's going on with somebody. Oh. <laughs> but in, in order to better understand why organizations like yours and others need need help in mm-hmm. assisting um, veterans, you need to read those stories. Absolutely. I mean, it's emotional stuff. And you know, I, you know, I. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I couldn't stop reading them because, you know, it, it really brings you more in to understand why this is necessary. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, and in your opinion, you know, I guess PTSD, it's it's a pretty broad thing. It's a huge statement. You know, yeah. And, you know, it, it's easy to just say PTSD, but there's so many different forms of that. Correct. And and a lot of people don't understand that. Not even close. I would I – would, so uh, for, for me and how I've explained it uh, for my PTSD is that my PTSD will never be cured. It's not something that's going to go away. Right. I'm, I'm always going to have some remnants of it somehow, some way, because it's shaped my life. Um, like you can have PTSD from a single event in your life, whether it, you know, a car accident, you know, got beat up, whatever that may be. I try to tell people that for me... I was in combat and I deployed three times. I was in combat from the day I stepped foot on until the day I left. That is sustained combat operations well over a thousand days. That's in each one of those days is a thousand different events. Right. I'm never going to be able to talk through that. Like right. there's not yeah. enough time in the world to be able to do that. Sure. So that's how I try to, to let people know as far as our veterans are concerned is it's not usually just one single event. It's an entire deployment. And then within that deployment, there's a thousand different events in each one of those days. Yeah. Um, so it's maybe you can call it complex PTSD. You can call it whatever you want. It's, 
it's different than what a civilian would go through in say a car accident and being able i'm not going to say they, they would be able to get over it but you have m- more success rate to be able to talk about those things understand why it happened and be able to develop a plan to to combat that right. whereas i don't have enough time on the planet to be able to talk about all the nonsense that we've been through right so being able to live with that cope with that and having those strategies with a dog and things like that mitigates that so i can at least live some type of semblance of a normal life yeah and you know i was listening i was listening to a podcast not long ago and 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 ptsd was a big part of this conversation Mm -hmm. and 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 then of course the you know the the suicide rate right now is incredible and that's with veterans in particular um you and know, our, our first and, responders and, is going off the crazy. And I was going. I was just getting ready to say, first responders. Um, you know, and and it's it's like it's a plague right now yep. that I don't think gets as much attention. And and but you know, service dogs, whatever, all these little things can help in that situation. Yep. And 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 it could be in the suicide. The suicide. I, I don't understand, or I, I don't know exactly. What causes it? It could be like you said. It's so broad. It could yep. come from almost anything. Yep. Um, but it's it's definitely a problem in this country right now. I mean, and, and I think in that podcast I heard they said something like it's uh, it's, the suicide, it's suicide rate is is higher than what people it's it's higher than what we've lost in the wars. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I've lost. It, I mean, and that was astounding to me. The number was crazy. I couldn't believe how high that number was. And I said, this is really a big problem. I mean, I can count on one hand how many guys I lost or two hands, how many guys I lost in combat overseas. Right. I don't have enough fingers and toes for the guys that have committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Like and I, I, there was at one point that I think we lost like for me and my business partners, we lost one for like 18 months straight, one a month. Wow. Uh, and with the suicide rate and how everything is going uh, if we didn't for us it's all about the education and letting people understand what this is all about and how you can start to solve it in the beginning and I'm not going to say that I could have been cured or things would have been better if I'd have known what I know now but I I bet you they would have been sure because I remember getting off of my first deployment and one of our Lance Corporals, our, you know, peon guy asking, hey, sir, what do we do if we can't sleep at night? You know, I, we got nightmares. Drink a couple of beers, you'll be fine. Right. Man, I took that to heart. You know, yeah. 12, 18 beers a night. Yep, I was sleeping fantastically. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that's not the way to live. Yeah. Um, so figuring some of those things out and being able to address them immediately or at least quicker than what we did in the past especially for our first responders um with lisa valor we're starting uh, opening up our lov blue program where we'll be providing facility dogs for departments so when they do have a mass shooting or a shooting period or a casualty event or something traumatic they have a dog there on staff that is there for that immediately right so we're pretty excited that that hopefully that will start helping with some of this especially with our first responders yeah so uh, I guess the coping of it when the it's when when, when these guys and, and gals return yep. from um, from a deployment or let's say that their their four years is up and yep. they didn't they didn't reenlist um, are y'all are you all seeing where 
is it uh, is it our pattern to that? Is it is mm-hmm. it it's 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 usually within the first year of them getting out, getting um, out completely. It, yep, um, because they. I can, I'll go back to myself. We've lost our purpose. Right. Most of us, for the Marine Corps, the Army, whatever whatever service that you were in, it's a lifestyle. It is a a purpose that you have every morning that you get up. That you know, like I can tell you right now, like for me in, in the Marine Corps, I never had to set an alarm because I love getting up for work. It was sure. awesome. Um, but when that stops, they have nothing to get up for in the morning. Like they have no purpose, I and mean, that's why Leashes of Valor is what it is. It is my my new renewed purpose and what I'm doing, um, and it's getting guys and girls into uh, not the nine to five job. It's what they want to do and what that purpose is. Just find your purpose. Find a exactly. new or find a new purpose. finding a new purpose. Is I, part of that too? Is it when, when you're with a uh, uh, when you're with a group of people? For a long period of time, they, they become your secondary family. Almost. Absolutely, yep. and when you we don't have that anymore, I guess some people just don't realize it, but it, it can it can put you right down into some serious depression because you Absolutely. don't have anybody to fall back on anymore. Because yeah. I mean, some people join the military because they don't have anything exactly, and they 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 want to find a purpose, and yep. they do that. And once they're out, they don't understand how to. Like, I mean, in that service, like you have, you know. You're left. You're left into your right. Those guys are the ones that are helping you every day to get that whatever that mission accomplished is. It's not always. It's not on you. Like you, right. it's all every day. You have people that you can depend on, and when that is, like for me, like I didn't want to retire. They're like, you have to quit. You have like, to. You're done. <laughs> like damn it, I didn't want to, and right. that was basically ripped out from underneath of me. Right. And then I'm standing there. I don't know how to get things accomplished now without the team that I had around me. Right. And a lot of guys and girls don't know how to deal with that. And I didn't either. I right. mean, it took me almost a year and a half to probably five years to get to a point where I had another team around me. And that's what we've built at Leashes of Valor and Valor Outdoors is a team of people that want to help each other and then further the mission and help everybody else. Yeah, I guess when you don't really have those comrades to, to lean on anymore in close proximity to you it's it's tough you, you start to lose touch with people and then exactly um it's real easy to hit ignore on the phone absolutely yeah <laughs> it is as much as we're on that damn thing it's real easy to hit ignore um so how can we help and when i say we i'm talking myself the the public green top uh whoever yeah how, how, how can how can we all help so the so the biggest things for leashes of valor and we kind of touched on it at first is spreading that mission telling everybody about what leashes of valor does getting them to read those stories so they understand what it's all about i got i can always ask for money everybody always sure. asks for money yeah. i want you to just go to my website and read the story and then you to determine whether or not you want to help or not sure um that's leashes leashesofvalor.org. Yep. Yep. Very, very easy. It'll, it should pop right up. Yep. Um, and read those stories. If you have Facebook, check us out. Look at all the pictures. Um, Fosters is one of the big things, like we've talked about, that I need. Anybody within a 100-mile radius of Bowling Green, Virginia, is pretty much eligible or at least get a phone call back to tell you, yes, we'd love to at least come look at your house and see if you can help us foster dogs. Um, and, and the foster program... Um, can you can we talk about yeah, that sure. a little Absol- bit? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. I meant to I meant to bring that up earlier. Yep. So how does that how does that work again? Yeah. So for our foster program, um, how we usually do it and how it kind of entails is once we get a group of uh, fosters that are um, 
viable that kind of meet all of our expectations. Basically, first and foremost, you'd go to uh, send an email to info at leashesofvalor.org and ask about our foster program. We would set up a phone call, kind of talk to you, figure out what you're interested in, um, what your skill level is as far as handling dogs and things like that, uh, what you would... Um, so we have puppy raisers, we have like medium age, and then we have older dogs. So if, you know, we have some metal elderly fosters that only deal with the older dogs that have already been trained, they just really need a, a, a real place to hang out for a little while and get a little bit more of exposure. Now, are these dogs, if they've reached an age where they can't, um, I guess they cannot help anymore or no 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 okay. no 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 this is so this is all between the ages of eight weeks and two years and two old. years old okay yep, okay yep, yep um so and i like when i say older dog i mean 18 months to sure 24 that, that's months. what i thought i just yeah. want to make sure yep, yeah absolutely <laughs> um and then we have puppy raisers and then ones in between um and it's just understanding what you what the foster would like to do where they can fit in what they can help with it is um, we like to keep the dog in a certain spot for up to about 90 days, not uh, shorter than that. The, uh, the foster families don't get to understand the personalities and things like that of the dogs. Um, and then a little bit longer than that, and they get too attached. So it's usually about a 90-day stint. Um, but in between those 90 days, you'll come meet with us once a week maybe once every other week um either in richmond fredericksburg where whatever the local city is and that's usually where we have our fa- we do a lot of fostering training here at green top i see, I see it all the time <laughs> yeah so you guys are one of our major hubs within richmond and ashland so um it would be about that's where they will come train do classes we do usually do an orientation at our farm um, to kind of teach everybody what all the skills and things and what we're expecting when we get enough. Um, and uh, we pay for everything. Leashes of Valor, like you do not have to pay for food, crates, any of that. If something happens with the vet or he need the dog needs to go to the vet, we pay for all of that as well. Um, but really, uh, you are jumping into the Leashes of Valor family when that happens. Uh, we do have a lot of, we have events all over town um, within the Richmond, Fredericksburg area that we do, and we try to bring different sets of fosters to those um, to just get more exposure and to understand what we're doing. Okay. So hopefully, I, I brought that down to some type of a nudge. No, that that was uh, that's that's perfect. That's because I I was going to mention earlier. I, I various times I always see somebody in here with one of them and they're Absolutely. training them and yep. you know it's a good place because it's a busy place and there's exactly. a there's a lot of people around and, and there's guess, other dogs here too yeah, all the time there's so, a ton of dogs in here so all the time it makes a, a great environment for us to work in um and uh, some of the, the aisles are more narrow than other places so it, it's great and lots of smells and things like that lots of different smells in here yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess like you said before the is it the to, to the listeners Go to the website, start there. Yeah, go to the website, start there. I'm not going to sit here and beg anybody for money. I don't want to do that. Um, Look at our stories. um, Feel what or understand what those veterans have gone through, and then you can make your decision. Um, Valor Outdoors is the same way. Uh, We always need access to to places to hunt and places to do camping and kayaking and things like that. Um, It's one big family. Uh, They are separate 501c3s, just so everybody knows. Um, and with Valor Outdoors, we're able to help veterans and first responders. So it's it's great on all fronts. 
beautiful work, man. I appreciate it's it. It's beautiful stuff. Um, I'm glad to I'm glad you came by today, Jason. This was a great conversation. Um, you know, any did we leave anything out? I don't think so. Um, no, uh, no, I think we pretty much knocked everything out. I mean. I, I just can't thank you enough for giving us the opportunity to be nah, able to talk man. to your. T- I was happy to have you on, and uh, like I said, man, this is uh, it's beautiful stuff. Um, I, I encourage anybody go to leashesofvalor.org, check out the stories, check out what their the organization's all about. It's it's good stuff. I appreciate Very it. Thank you stuff. so much, Hunter. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby; it's a lifestyle. Like and subscribe to the Green Top Outdoors podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more about Green Top at greentophuntfish.com.